to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I had a bit of trouble deciding, well, this coming Sunday, what am I going to do? Am I going to preach on the gospel or the lessons, or am I going to preach on, on the holiday that so many people get caught up in, Labor Day? Or both? How do they fit together if I choose to do that? And I finally came to the, the profound understanding that that neither one is ideal. It's hard to preach on Labor Day as opposed to Veterans Day or Memorial Day or Thanksgiving or other really important, meaningful days. But labor, what is labor? We pray for jobs if we don't have them. We pray for gratitude that the employment rate has improved nationwide over the last few years. If we have a job so that the economy is strong and our dollars or whatever we, you know, our credit cards are solid. It's hard to get emotional about it, though. I remember years ago when I was growing up out in California, there was a fellow that was running for governor, and he seemed to win term after term. His name was Edmund G. Brown, or Pat Brown for short. Now his son is the governor out there. But every year they had a gubernatorial race. It was the same overriding theme. If you elect me, I'll do something about the smog. Yeah, I hear a few people laughing. Some of you know about California and know that they're still dealing with smog out there. Well, actually, emission rates have gone down out there. They've got smog devices. They have leaner gasoline, whatever. You know, the the cars aren't. Each car or truck is producing less. The trouble is, there are two or three times as many cars as there were back in the day when Pat Brown was running for governor. So you got the same amount of pollution out there. And if you go up into the foothills and look down, it's called sort of a basin, the Los Angeles Basin, and it's also called the the smog bowl because it looks like a big old bowl full of brown soup. Now, I haven't been up there in a few years, but that's what I understand, and it certainly was back then. In recent years, across America... Seems like, gosh, went back certainly to the time of, of Richard Nixon, if not Lyndon Johnson. I'm going to get us out of Vietnam. Well, eventually that happened. We got out of Vietnam. And you know what? It wasn't too long after that that I'm going to get us out of Iraq. 
And now it's, I'm going to get us out of Afghanistan. Well, little by little, we've gotten more and more out. Now it's starting to, because of world events and, and some really nasty folks in the Middle East, we've got more military involvement in Iraq all over again. That and the economy. I'm going to get more jobs for people. We're going to improve the interest rate, all of that sort of stuff. It never ends. You know, what comes around goes around again and again and again. And it doesn't matter who's in the White House, Republican or Democrat, black or white, or whatever other differences there might be. Presidents are notorious for not fulfilling everyone's expectations. And we end up having old problems and new problems. We're pretty sure of that. But we're a lot like people that will go way, way back in history that when things weren't going well, they look to God. And God has always been there. Same God, as opposed to different presidents and governors and the like. We have the same God and the same Savior. And the solution is the same. The same gospel has been read in churches down through the ages. Certainly even in the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, we're on a three-year cycle. And right now we're in the Matthew cycle. And so every three years we get this same gospel lesson and the pastors get to preach on it again and find new ways to address the same old issues. But the thing is that Jesus was not always sweet and tender and mild and the kind of person that you'd like to hang out with unless you were kind of scared. I don't know if you noticed it, but the gospel lesson today has a line that's pretty much the same as what St. Paul wrote to the Romans. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That's what Paul wrote. And then Jesus, in our gospel lesson today, said that the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Ouch, you know? Ouch! We can't vote Jesus out of office. He's our best hope. He always has been and always will be. But, you know, this this is kind of like a kick in the on our backside. Yeah, you need to get your act together or else. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I've been the kind of person who always does a whole lot better with a pat on the back than a kick in the the back pockets of the Levi's. And I imagine the majority of you are the same way. We do better with affirmation than we do with criticism. But sometimes criticism works, or at least the threat of, of retribution. Some of you have heard of him. In the world of baseball, everyone probably has run across the name, and I have to say that having grown up out in Southern California, that Vin Scully has always been one of my heroes. Now, those of you that don't know, Vin Scully is a, a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He's been announcing the Dodger games on the radio and television, too, for, well, longer than a lot of you have been around. He's been doing it for over 60 years. 
Can you imagine having the same job for 60 years? Isn't that exciting? Well, the difference, I had relatives in Northern California too. The ones that were giant fans, oh my gosh. <sighs> Dodgers versus the Giants. And I'd go up there on vacation sometimes. My sister was just a little sprout and didn't, wasn't into baseball, so she's, this is fresh to her too, I think. I'd listen to the Giant games, especially when they played the Dodgers on the radio, and, and their announcer, I won't mention his name, though I know it, um, was so critical. He was a big Giant fan. He worked for the Giants. They paid his paycheck. And, but he was so critical of the Dodgers, he had nothing nice to say about them. When Vin Scully would announce the games, old Vinny, he, of course, was a Dodger fan, long-time Dodger fan, but he always had good things to say about the other team, even the Giants. Juan Marichal, their star pitcher for the Giants, wouldn't it be nice if we had him on the back end of our rotation? Or Willie Mays, Hall of Famer to be for sure. Now, of course, he is. He had good things to say about the other team. While still rooting for the Dodgers, still respectful of the other side. And I kind of grew up idolizing Vinny. He had a good perspective on the world. Baseball, of course, but but on the world itself. We live in a very fragmented society, especially a polarized society where Washington, D.C. is concerned, Republicans versus the Democrats. And more often than not, they don't have much nice to say about each other. And yet, all Americans... Everyone serving in Congress is a United States citizen. The least we can do is to be respectful of those who have different opinions. Now, I think I mentioned it to someone this morning, um, but many of you have been married for a number of years. And as an example, I was thinking if I could just, for example... We have this uh, one couple that is sort of a, how shall I say it, a role model for everyone because they are so passionately devoted to each other and they see eye to eye on absolutely everything, never a disagreement over the dinner table or any other place. They are so clearly in sync with each other that their harmony is like a glowing light in the darkness for the rest of us. And, of course, that's Don and Yvonne who are sitting in the back. But they never are out of agreement with each other. Wait a minute. Are you laughing, Yvonne? You're not? There are times when you're not in harmony with each other? <laughs> okay, baby, I took the, the wrong... Mike and Lily. Now, there's another couple that... No. But you're still sitting next to each other. And actually, you're touching each shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> now, Mark and Michael Lynn. Now, there's another example of 
seen eye to eye on just about everything. Everything. Why can't Congress be like that? Now, I, 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 okay, I will go so far as to say that maybe there are those rare, extremely rare occasions that you can kind of see scratched in the wall because there's such a, a rare event where they don't see eye to eye. Maybe one time Mark would like to have steak for supper and Michael Lynn wouldn't. But it's, it's a rarity. Why can't Congress be like that? Why can't Christians be like that? Why is it that Christians who worship the same Lord and Savior can get ugly about each other? I don't get it. We're brothers and sisters. Now, I talked about family, and I'll say it once, and then I want you to forget it immediately because it's the kind of thing that can come back to to kind of bite a pastor in a place I don't want to mention. But I have a sister who's a blood relative of mine, and we love each other very much. And I'm convinced that if we had to live each under the same roof with each other for six months, the police would be called in. We have our own lifestyle, or we, we're blood relatives. We are blood relatives. But we don't see eye to eye on everything, but it should not diminish love and devotion in the least. And when I think about the diversity of denominations within Christendom, why can't we see that we are all brothers and sisters, blood relatives by the blood of Christ, and respect each other's differences and just plumb respect each other, even if we don't always do it the same way. I think maybe we still have a ways to go. We as Christians, as the Christian church in the world, are still a work in progress. When I was a kid... I grew up in a neighborhood that had a lot of baby boomers. Some of you know what those are. Are any of you baby boomers out there? Oh, four or five of you. Oh, and my hand goes up too. There, the neighborhood was full of kids within three years of age of each other. I mean, we were just, it was like an anthill. There were just scabs of us. And one of the things we liked to do was to play army and the guys especially, we would climb up on roofs and in trees and we, we would water bomb each other and it, it was a, a big thing. We read G.I. Joe comic books and watched TV shows and movies that glorified war and all of us knew who Audie Murphy was, the big hero from World War II. And it was all a big game. And then I went to a place not too far from here called Fort Polk, Louisiana. United States Army training base for recruits and I remember the day well we were issued M16 rifles you know and we could shoot and that was not that wasn't so bad but I remember the day we all had it was the one and only time we did it we got to throw a hand grenade some of you have thrown how many of you have thrown hand grenades only one 
We've got to have more than that. It doesn't matter. We had toy hand grenades with caps in the top, those little things with a little bit of black powder or something, and you'd throw it and they'd go, pop! You know, and it, I th- we all got to throw hand grenades. Those things scared the goobers out of me. Because it wasn't just a loud noise, it was a shock wave, and it was huge. I can't imagine being in a combat zone. I really can't, because just that one little day of throwing a hand grenade, it messes up your preconceptions about what war is all about. It really does. I can't imagine the GIs that have come back from the war zones overseas and come back into society where there's not where things have changed your concept of peace is totally different it's not the absence of big noises it's a place where you don't have to fear for your life every second one last observation on that I remember interviewing at a church once upon a time, and it was uh, very close to Paris Island, South Carolina, big marine base. And and on that call committee, one person was very adamant that patriotism is synonymous with Christianity. If you are a devoted American citizen, if you love your country enough, then that's tantamount to being a good Christian. Trouble is, there are Christians all over the world that aren't American citizens. And the same Lord and Savior is their Lord and Savior. Diversity again coming into play. We are different from different parts of the world, different countries, speaking different tongues, having different traditions and customs, and yet still brothers and sisters in Christ. Labor Day. Um, In America, there are people that some of you are related to, some of us are related to, who grew up in the same traditions, in the same communities, with the same values, going to the same restaurants, buying gas at the same filling stations, rooting for the same team. who have totally different attitudes toward Christ. Some cherish the dickens out of Jesus, and some could care less. And that's true today. I'm not making this up. There are people that you know that are living next door to that do not believe in Jesus Christ. Or if they do, they're saying, yeah, I believe that Jesus was someone who lived in Israel 2,000 years ago and he died on the cross and yeah, I believe that. But who really don't care about him one bit. Now, I'll bet you there's nobody here who knows who the governor of Rhode Island is. If you do, raise your hand. (laughs) Okay. Bad example. The governor of Nevada. I, I'm just trying to make a point here. you got to bear with me. 
it's hard to care about someone you you imagine you know in your heart that there is a governor of that state that you've never been to and you don't know his name or her name I don't know uh, but that's not the same thing as loving them caring them having a relationship with them the Christian church is more threatened today by our in collective indifference that America is threatened by terrorists. I'll repeat that. The church today, the Christian church, is more imperiled by indifference than America is by terrorists. It's going to take someone that's willing to get on the boat with Jesus and to stay there and to grab an oar. And that's pretty much what he was saying to Peter and the others. You're with me or you're against me. Take your pick. So today, this admonition and that kind of a threat saying that, okay, if you don't shape up, if you don't do things the right way, I'll get my vengeance on you later. Don't listen to that so much. Because you know the extent of Jesus' love was far more than being a little bit ticked off one afternoon. The big thing is, he needs people like you and me today, tomorrow, Wednesday, who are going to love him and going to have a relationship with him. And to take that relationship into a relationship with other people and not look for the differences, but revel in what we have in common. So just for a while, try it out and see if it works. It's going to give you a little peace of mind, and you don't have to work at it at all. And that's a good thing all by itself. Try putting your prejudices away for a week. Or just for a week, stay out of politics. Don't talk about the president, whoever the president is. Let it drop. Let it rest. Say, he's my president. I'll be with them until the next one is elected, and I'll be behind them too because I'm an American and I love my country and all of that. Let the prejudice or the disagreements or the, the frustrations just... When you come to the altar to receive communion, just leave them on the ground and go back to your seats today loving one another and respecting one another and not expecting for a minute that you're going to be in complete agreement on everything. But that's okay. Just be a child of God and a follower of Jesus. And I was thinking about preaching for another 15 minutes or so because I've got a lot to say on this. But is it okay if I say amen now? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.